Welcome to Federal Insights for May, generating more value for your data. Sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. Welcome to the discussion. My guests today are Richard Brakeiron, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for Federal at Commvault, Dave DeVries, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for State, Local, and Education for Commvault, and Kirk Kern, the Chief Technology Officer at NetApp Americas. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Let me set some context for our discussion. Data. It's one of those words, it's a concept, but no matter what you think of it, it's clear that data is the gas that runs the government. With the rise of connected devices and 5G, the volume, the velocity, the variety of data only will increase. And if you consider that by some estimates, 90% of all federal data is considered dark data, then getting a handle on it becomes even more important today than ever. Dark data, if you're not familiar with it, is unstructured or even unknown data that comes from a variety of sources, whether sensors in the field or operational technology like heating and cooling systems. It's not used, but could provide value to the organization to make decisions. This dark data poses risks to the organization that don't get a handle on it, particularly around storage from a cost and management perspective, but also from a cybersecurity standpoint. If you don't know what you have, how do you protect it? How do you manage it? How do you find value in it? And that's just one of the questions our panel today is gonna to try to help you answer. This question and others like it become even more complex as agencies move applications and data to the cloud and add new artificial intelligence and machine learning tools to the mix. So with that context in place, let's turn to, a pan let's turn to the panel. Once again, my guests are Richard Brakeiron, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for Federal at Commvault, Dave DeVries, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for State, Local, and Education, also for Commvault, and Kirk Kern, the Chief Technology Officer at NetApp Americas. Kirk, let me start with you. One of the big questions we hear a lot about is data protection. But data protection, a lot of people think about is, oh, it's a cybersecurity, but we're not really gonna define it that way. So let's start with how you define this idea of data protection and why is it more than just security? Yeah, so thanks for having me on the uh, program here, Jason. So in the storage world, data protection is typically characterized by two metrics, data, data availability and data durability. And in the case of availability, that typically refers to the ability to ensure that the data is accessible when it's requested. And it's often uh, measured in, in terms of percentages and the percentage that it's available. So you hear the number quoted 99.99% available. You know, an easier way to think about that is actually to invert that metric, which means that, um, you know, if the data uh, is not available and it's at 99%, 99.99% available, um, it's actually 53 minutes a year where it can't be accessed. And then when we talk about data durability, that's really the ability to keep the data stored uh, consistent and intact and without the influence of bit rot or drive failures or any other system failures that you store that data on. And in, typically we see those numbers at a much higher level of nines, nine, nine nines or 11 nines of durability, which means if you store 10 million objects, then you, you can expect to lose an object of your data every 10,000 years. And so what you'll find is as customers start to migrate to the cloud, there's a big difference between availability and durability. You'll pay significantly higher rates in the cloud for highly available data versus highly durable data. And so we'll, we'll explore some of those concepts as we go through this program. I think that's a really great way to explain it because um, when you think about the availability of it, 53 minutes a year, you're, you're not be able to access your data. You don't know when that 53 minutes is gonna come and it could come at key points where you're going, oh, I need that data now. Talk to me a little bit about why data availability people maybe don't quite understand that. Yeah, well, that's where we have, you have to have good data protection uh, scenarios in play. 
uh, using you know backup and recovery software. And so in, in the event that that data is not available, you need a mechanism to restore you know that data from its uh, previously known good state, and then you can kick off uh, processing again. And so there are other metrics that start to kick in, things like uh, recovery time options and recovery point options. And that's really uh, a lot of what our my Commvault folks have uh, expertise in. Well, let's bring in those Commvault folks. Uh, Dave DeVriza and Richard Brakeiron. Uh, Richard, let me start with you. Uh, as you guys talk with federal customers and you talk to state and local customers, what's this uh, concept about data protection that you're, you're, the message you're trying to ensure they understand? So, so thanks, uh, uh, thanks for having us uh, on it today and appreciate the, the opportunity. So real quickly, Jason, for me, the, the concept of data protection is, especially from a security aspect, is if you look at all of the various security, cybersecurity sensors, the protective, the firewalls, at some point, our long history has demonstrated the adversary always wins at some level. And when they win, the, the fail-safe of fail-safes is being able to recover the data, uh, as Kirk brought up, from a RPO, RTO point, and being able to restore. So, so for me, when I think about data protection, it is the ability to get operational again as quickly as possible. And, and that's really where we see the tremendous value of data protection is in the fact that you might be held up for a ransomware and very much being told, hey, give me money if you wanna get back operational. If you can turn to your, uh, your support groups like NetApp and Commvault and say, can I just go back to my last uh, recovery point and bring back up my systems and you go, thumbs up, you're there, uh, then you move forward. That's data protection for me. And that's data readiness. I, I, it, it, it's all the same thing. It's being able to react to the unknown. Dave? And I would just add one more context to that, and that is from the business side of the house. Again, as Kirk pointed out, you have to know your data, see the data. Um, and it's also all, always looking at what's the cost of me maintaining this thing? How much do I need to have in terms of storage? Where's that storage at? Just as he talked about the availability side of the house, it's also now where do I have that data? Can I move it to someplace cheaper? Can I dispose of it? Because if I don't have it, somebody can't come in and take it from me and then hold me at ransom board. But I have to comply with the rules and the laws. And, and that's where the whole thing is. You always have to remember the business side of the house here. And, and, and Dave makes a really good point. If I could just add one little, you know, Dave, you and I talk all the time. When we were in the DOD, we would often remind everybody, all data is not created equal. So nuclear command and control sort of took a little bit higher precedence than maybe some of the administrative uh, timekeeping aspects that we might have to do in, within the DOD. So it's really, really, you know, data protection is, is also being sensitive to that business process. How do we make sure we protect the, the right data uh, at the right level because it's expensive? or can be. All right, let's take a quick break and come back. We can continue our conversation and talk a little bit more about that value. You're listening to the discussion, generating more value from your data, sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. Are you concerned about your data availability and being caught up in cyber attacks like ransomware? Rely on two industry leaders, Commvault and NetApp, who, together, can help you to protect and manage your data regardless of where it resides. The seamlessly integrated solutions from Commvault and NetApp make it easy to manage critical data workloads and assist you in your journey to the cloud in a simple and cost-effective way. Visit federalnewsnetwork.com, search data management to learn more. 
Welcome back to the discussion, Generating More Value for Your Data, sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Richard Brakeiron, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for Federal at Commvault, Dave DeVries, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for State, Local, and Education, also for Commvault, and Kirk Kern, the Chief Technology Officer for NetApp Americas. Now, last segment, we started talking a little bit about how to what data protection is, and we talked about reliability and durability and, and things of that nature. Let's move to the next part of this discussion, which is, okay, you have reliability, you have durability, all those important pieces, but now agencies are starting to move to a hybrid cloud setup. And not just hybrid cloud, but it also will impact business processes. It's gonna drive changes for both demand and how the business works. So Dave, let me bring you into this, let's start there. Help me work, work me, work with me through this. The hybrid cloud, how does that impact kind of your, your data environment? Well, first off, what is a hybrid cloud? It could be a variety of things. It could be because of my acquisition processes within the, the federal sector, within the uh, state and local side house. Oftentimes, we may have a requirement that comes up, and how we go to get the bids back from industry may drive what is awarded out there. And suddenly, if I'm a CIO of a federal agency or a CIO of a state agency, I may find myself with different technologies there, each representing good technologies, but how do I manage my data there? And that came about because of the acquisition processes that I had to comply with. So that's really what I call the hybrid cloud. It's, it's I have my data as an organization in different clouds out there, and it may be because of the acquisition thing, or it may be because of cost, i.e., this is a high, highly uh, available one, and I'm going to pay more, but I need to have my data there. Or I don't need to have as much, so it's more of a cold storage. And through the acquisition process, I put it in, into here. By, by having that and knowing where my hybrids are and how I can manage my, my data loads or my workloads, I can move those things. And that's, all, that's why it's so critical to know where your data is, what your options are, and can you do it there without expanding a lot of time on, on surveying it, studying it to death, calling in other contractors to help you with it. How can I just manage my data? Richard, jump in. Yeah, thanks, Jason. And, and, and Dave, you and I have talked about this before, and, and it's just so important to recognize that when you look at uh, one of the first initiatives the federal government had was to do a data, uh, a cloud first. Well, all of a sudden now it is the hybrid cloud. And, and that really is, as you described, Dave, the, the business processes sort of all of a sudden made people realize that there are some data that has got to remain on premise. There's some data that fits the cloud really, really well. And it's incumbent upon the organization's leadership to really take ownership of their business processes and the value of the data and where that data is. We now live in a world that has been digitized. And, and what I mean by that is you can reach data from anywhere. But I tell you, reaching data when it's in a cloud gives a lot more opportunity to people than when they have to maybe go through a VPN or another security procedure to get to data on premise. So, so great initiatives in being able to get the right information at the right time to the right people, regardless of where they are in the world, and, and such a, a key piece. And one of the pieces that we've talked, I think, over the time before is agencies generally speaking, may have moved stuff to the cloud because that was the cloud first mentality. Okay, let's do that. But then they realized, wow, that's really costing me a lot of money to have all this data in the cloud. And, and, and that was where we got toward the hybrid setup, which is where agencies are, okay, this belongs in the cloud, this maybe doesn't, and now we're gonna have the two, two different setups, but they have to be interconnected. 
that also is going to drive your, your processes as well. I don't know, Kirk, you want to jump in on, on this a little bit and talk a little bit about how that decision-making process about what goes in the cloud and what doesn't, the workloads issue? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think it's interesting you mentioned business process. Um, if you go back and look at how customers and agencies are exploiting data today, they're clearly creating new business processes and disrupting legacy ones. And so if you look at the big triangle that's out there, the people, process, and technology, what happens when you disrupt those existing processes? So if in fact data becomes this um, you know, automated and orchestration, orchestrated element where it can flow freely into the cloud and back out, that means that decisions and anytime you have a person in the loop or a human in the loop, that's gonna delay your ability to generate information or intelligence from that data. So clearly that dictates you have to go back and change process, right? You can no longer have a process that in order for a person to gain access to this data, he fills out a form and then it gets approved by a manager and then subsequently they open up the permissions on it. Uh, it we live in a world now where you know access is, is available via an API. You make a networking call via that API, you have have instantaneous access to that information and so you know people are really adaptable that they'll, they'll quickly switch from sort of the legacy mode to the next generation mode without much of an issue and then that data can be available in the cloud on-prem or across multiple clouds for that matter and so it really goes back to the agencies and the way they can modify their processes or more specifically um, you know the regulations on how they control manage and release data out to the public and so there's you know I think they have to go back and do a lot of work around pro on process or, or uh, certification and and releasability of data. Yeah, and one thing, Kurt, you're, you know, it, it's so right, exactly everything you described. It, it, just in an engagement this morning with one of the major uh, Army Enterprise customers, and, and their aspect was they have learned so much on integrating hybrid cloud into processes, and what they've learned is, you know what? We made a mistake. Everybody said cloud was the cheapest way to go, but there was a business decision, and all of a sudden when they bill came into them literally that it's sort of been clocking around a, you know, a million dollars a month, went up to $8 million. Somebody said, hey, what happened? They said, oh, we put our Splunk environment up into the cloud. And somebody said, oh my gosh. And, and so there are these aspects of, I think when we look at hybrid cloud and, and, and Dave started a discussion as to, you've got to understand that, that some of what we're being driven to in the government with respect to data management, cloud, and on-prem decisions, it has to be considered the cost aspects of that too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the cost for storage in the cloud is typically advertised at uh, you know very, very low low rates. Um, but then what happens is you start to aggregate all these a la carte charges, right? If your access does in fact come from outside of the cloud, that means the data that's in the cloud has to egress from the cloud back to your on-premise data center, and so you pay outbound charges for that data. Depending on the data type of storage model employed, that you also have to pay by transaction, right? So the more uh, puts or gets you do against a particular object, you're gonna, play, you're gonna pay for every thousand puts and gets, for instance. And then if you wanna doubly protect that information, which means, hey, I wanna replicate that from one region to another region, or potentially from one region in the CONUS to OCONUS, uh, there's also these charges that get, that, that get accrued whenever you do cross-region or cross-zone transfers. And so, you know, data at, at rest, uh, not being touched, very, very cheap in the cloud. Uh, the, the more you access it or the more you do, do information processing on it, then you start to see your a la carte charges come up. That's where the government struggles, right? Because they, they clearly know that those charges are there, but they have a hard time predicting demand. 
And so, you know, how do I model, you know, if I put a big, whatever, let's say, a, you know, 500 petabyte repository in the cloud, how much demand will be there from, you know, sources outside of my agencies that want to access that information? Uh, there's been a couple examples already with uh, some of our civilian agencies where they've built these, these data sets, only to find that they're also responsible for the outbound charges whenever customers outside of the government start to access and process that data. I think within this whole COVID epidemic that we're going through right now, the agencies are learning that their data was not just consumed by their agency. They knew it was being consumed by somebody else, but they really didn't see it in a real-time mode. A lot of that stuff today is in a real-time mode. You're finding it back on the news that night. Uh, other agencies are calling you up. Other agencies, as, as Kirk pointed out, they're going to your APIs and just pulling that stuff in. And so it is about knowing what the data is across the, the different storage capacities that you have and how are you managing that and then sharing it out securely. All right. That's a great point. Actually, I was going to ask you to follow up on that because uh, how many agencies really know what they have? So we're going to take a quick break and come back. Maybe that's a, one of the questions we can continue to look into. But in the meantime, you're listening to the discussion, Generating More Value for Your Data, sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. Are you concerned about your data availability and being caught up in cyber attacks like ransomware? Rely on two industry leaders, Commvault and NetApp, who, together, can help you to protect and manage your data regardless of where it resides. The seamlessly integrated solutions from Commvault and NetApp make it easy to manage critical data workloads and assist you in your journey to the cloud in a simple and cost-effective way. Visit federalnewsnetwork.com, search data management to learn more. Welcome back to the discussion, generating more value for your data, sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guests today are Richard Brakeiron, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for Federal at Commvault, Dave DeVries, the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for State, Local, and Education, also for Commvault, and Kirk Kern, the Chief Technology Officer at NetApp Americas. Gentlemen, before break, we talked about the idea of data, data protection. We talked about this idea of the cloud and why we're in a hybrid cloud world. All this really is leading down to this idea of more capabilities, better capabilities. And then we got to talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning. Agencies need to understand their data, have to take advantage of the cloud, start you really getting the, the full benefit of AI and ML. Kirk, lead us off a little bit and, and, and offer why these two things, these two steps kind of have to happen before agencies can kind of jump into the AI ML pool. Yeah. So, you know, in AI and, in, and actually in, in data analytics as well, data management is almost as important as the AI technology itself. You know, what that means is that a significant amount of time and labor needs to go into curating these training, training data sets for machine learning or labeling data in the data lakes if it's a deep learning system. And so, you know, what we find is every agency has vast amounts of data and everyone would like to generate new or better information from it. And what we find is sometimes the policy gets involved where it's controlled by policy security restriction on how it's used. But I think universally what we're finding is that the government is opening up access to data and it's certainly a growing trend. So there are steps in that direction to make secure access and define legal data use 
a good investment. And, uh, you know, making data useful is one of the main goals of the Office of Management and Budget uh, as part of the OMB's new federal strategy. In fact, there's uh, two main components of that strategy and it resolves around practices and those practices for helping agencies to you know, recognize the benefit from the value of the data they have by building a data culture, right? So back to that process, they're actually building a, a culture where they cultivate that information. Uh, they're working to change, uh, uh, to change government and, and the way they manage and protect that data. And then lastly, they're working on new ways to promote efficient and appropriate use of that data. The data strategy is a fascinating document in many ways. So let me turn over to Richard now and, and bring you into this because, so who's doing it well? When you talk to your customers, were they in that continuum of understanding how the, the value of their data, the, how to protect their data, how to use their data, how to take advantage of their data? So, so I think almost everybody's doing it really, really well. I, I, I think uh, when I look at the DOD in particular, I see a lot of great benefits that they are, are, have always looked at AI and machine learning. You mentioned at the very outset, volume, velocity, variety. You have more data being thrown at you than you can manage. Some way or another, you've got to integrate machine learning, artificial intelligence to reduce some of the white noise. Uh, you're seeing the advent of the value of data. Kirk said it right. You know, I'll be honest, sometimes people have always viewed the backup and recovery, the archives as, oh, this is a boat anchor, I gotta pay a bill for it. But now all of a sudden the light went on. Oh my gosh, I can mine that data. That data is full of rich intelligence and now I have the AI and machine learning that makes that happen. So DOD is doing it well. VA is doing it great. Oh my gosh, talk about COVID now. We have real examples now uh, where we're supporting active research of data as it is occurring on the COVID crisis. We actually see direct uh, use of, uh, of capabilities in looking at uh, what trends they're seeing, what we are learning real time. So I, I think that it is that value of data. I see it across all of the agencies. And they also, I'll be honest, there's also a learning process going on. There's some hiccups on saying everybody's got to work remotely. Hey, it wasn't necessarily scaled like that to begin with. So thanks. Dave, you get the last word here. You've seen it from the civilian side. You've seen it from the DOD side. What are the things people should keep in mind as they kind of continue to move forward with data? Number one, there are owners of the, the data. There are people who are responsible for the collection of that data, for the curating of that data. I think those lines are somewhat starting to blur now. So take, for example, this whole COVID thing. We had a structure of a university, and a university had several different colleges or campuses to it. Each one of those may have been its own entity before, and now they're looking at saying, you know, now as we do this online education with students more and more, it's just not just the, uh, the uh, part-time students, how do I share my data? Because now suddenly, it's not the student going to the classroom, it's the classroom being there with the data that supports it from across the university, and the university as a whole is responsible for, for sharing that data out and storing it and safeguarding it. And you're seeing that across the agencies. You know, when they do those nightly reports on COVID or some other things there, it's not just one agency talking about it. It's, it's them sharing that data between the health and human services, between other entities that, that track the, the population of people and the, the tracking of what's going on at our, our uh, borders and stuff. It's across the whole thing. Um, and that's the exciting part of this thing here. The point is with AI and machine learning, it's gotta be talked about, it's gotta be shared. And two, those decisions and the use of those things have got to be understood and talked about by the leadership at the top. Things will happen when leadership gets involved. If they gain some new appreciation of what that data can tell them, they will drive more and more uses from it there. 
All right, very good. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today. This has been a fascinating conversation, so let me thank my guests. Richard Brakeiron is the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for Federal at Commvault. Dave DeVries is the Senior Director for Strategic Initiatives for State, Local, and Education, also for Commvault. And Kirk Kern is the Chief Technology Officer at NetApp Americas. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you. You've been listening to Generating More Value for Your Data, sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network. I've been your host, Jason Miller. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Data Management Month. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for May, generating more value for your data. Sponsored by Commvault and NetApp on Federal News Network.